On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, living in a place like New York, living in this digital age where we're seeing everyone's highlights, it's easy to oftentimes feel like you're missing out on something or that you need to be doing more things when, quite frankly, the joy, the actual dopamine hit that we get comes from going deeper with a handful of people that bring us joy and not overextending ourselves to a bunch of people, many of whom we will never speak to again, many of whom we would never laugh in the same room with. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, lady. Today we have a very special guest in cultivating her space. And this bio, I just want you to sit back and listen to this bio because this woman here is Black Girl Magic personified. Okay. So just get into this. Okay. Isa Watson is an expert in the human connection space, named one of Inc.'s 30 Under 30, as well as a top 100 female entrepreneur of 2020 and one of the 100 MIT alumni in tech in 2021. Isa is a physical scientist turned social scientist. She built Squad, the next generation social platform enabling people to easily deepen their close friendships. Isa is one of the highest fundraising Black women in America, having raised over $7 million from top Silicon Valley investors for Squad. Originally from St. Kitts and Nevis, Isa and her family lived in Alexandria, Virginia, before landing in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, where Isa attended high school and developed a deep love of science and math. By 26 years old, Isa was working alongside the C-suite at J.P. Morgan Chase, climbing the corporate ladder where she ultimately drove multi-billion, that is a billion with a B, y'all, okay, drove multi-billion dollar initiatives across the United States and Asia as a VP of strategy. 
When Isa is not working, you can find her searching for a Steinway grand to play. She is classically trained. Okay, y'all. So she's a classically trained pianist. She's an avid skier and a criminal justice reform advocate who resides in Brooklyn, New York. Let me just say, y'all, that's <laughs> black girl magic for real. Isa, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. We are so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I, I should, that was like, I was like, yo, who is that girl she's talking about? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, that girl is definitely you. And I can't wait for us to dive into this conversation to learn all of the amazing gems that you have to share with us about cultivating deeper connections. And mm-hmm. so our quote of the day will sound familiar to you because mm-hmm. these are your words. <laughs> when it comes to community, Sometimes less is more. Let's normalize going deeper with folks around us who bring us joy. Mm-hmm. Isa, when you hear those words, what was coming up for you around these words of having a smaller community and going deeper with that community? I think we live in this era of FOMO fear of missing out. And social media makes it easy for us to feel like we're missing out when we're looking at everyone's highlight reels. And so, you know, living in a place like New York, living in this digital age where we're seeing everyone's highlights, it's easy to oftentimes feel like you're missing out on something or that you need to be doing more things. When, quite frankly, the joy, the actual dopamine hit that we get comes from going deeper with a handful of people that bring us joy and not overextending ourselves to a bunch of people, many of whom we will never speak to again, many of whom we would never laugh in the same room with. And so that was what I was thinking. You know, I I went through a phase maybe about five, six years ago where I was just like, let me look at my friendships and how I'm spending my time. And I picked my my handful of my closest friends and I ever since going deep consistently you know, the joy that I've experienced in my life has changed significantly. That is so amazing and so true about FOMO on social media. Like, oh my gosh, and the highlight reels. Can mm-hmm. you talk, we're going to dive in deeper, right? We're going to dive in deeper into the conversation, but can you tell us about your origin story and what what inspired you to become the founder of Squad? Like what inspired that? You know, I've always been a builder from the time I was a little girl. I came from a you know, kind of a big Caribbean family where my dad was an old school engineer. And his philosophy was that if you can't build it, then you shouldn't be using it. And so from the time I was seven, my dad always bought me the parts to a computer as opposed to buying me the computer. So I've been building what well, I don't do it now. But like when I was a child, <laughs> I was building my computers and my love for building eventually morphed into man, I really want to like create innovative therapeutics, innovative medicines. And so I really kind of fell into science, started working in a research lab at 14 at UNC Chapel Hill, and it's a program called Project C, sponsored by the American Chemical Society. Fun fact is that my my best friend of 20 years and my my first lab partner when I was 14, she ended up Uh, creating the Moderna vaccine all these years later. And she's a professor at Harvard, Dr. Kazmikia Corbett. So it's so funny, like looking back, we were always just talking to each other, like, we just want to change the world. We want to change the world. And, you know, fast forward 20 years, it's kind of like, oh, okay, (laughs) this is where we ended up. And so, 
you know, fast forward, I ended up being one of the youngest published chemists in the world at 19 for my work with Google Kindness Activators, which was a new diabetes treatment. And then I decided to, you know, transition and spread my wings a, a bit. I had studied chemistry and math at Hampton University. I studied biochem at Cornell. And then I decided that I wanted to branch out in a business and went to study economics at MIT. And then, you know, interestingly, I fell into Wall Street. I didn't, that wasn't my intention, (laughs) but I ended up working at uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, as you mentioned, in a very high level, high impact, you know, strategic execution, execution role with a lot of the C-suite executives. So, hey, Isaac, go build this, you know, big product over here. Go, go build this multi-billion dollar product in Hong Kong, you know. And that was, I took my kind of my building techniques and I brought it to a large organization where I was kind of like a resident entrepreneur. And so when you're when you're kind of looking at me on paper, you're like, man, she really has it together. But the reality is that, you know, kind of like in Central Park where you have those horses that have those blinders, you know, that was me. I was just checking the next box, checking the next box, checking the next box. Next level achievement unlocked. <laughs> that was kind of like the vibe, right? And you know, I would say my catalyst for starting Squad actually stemmed more from a personal tragedy that I experienced. You know, a handful of years ago when I was at JP Morgan, again, I was just kind of on this like very fast upward trajectory. You know, my 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 parents who were very big community leaders, who were very, you know, instrumental to, you know, the Chapel Hill community in general. But I, I oftentimes observed as a kid the impact that, you know, investing in other people and investing in those around you, that's lifelong impact right there. And so, you know, my parents sponsor a bus trip or did for kids to visit Hampton University every year. And this particular year, the bus ran off a straight road, flipped over and ejected both my parents out the front window. And my dad did not survive that. My mom barely survived. She's here with us today, but she barely survived. And I think that, you know, Yes, did I have all the degrees and accolades that I could have wanted at that age? I did, but it also made me realize that how am I really spending my time? Do I really need to be making JP Morgan another billion dollars to the already hundred billion dollars that they make a year? Or should I take my talents and spread my wings and create as much positive impact in this world as I can? And you know, closing, one of the things that I, that happened to me during that time was, this was before I had left Instagram and got back on. So I had tens of thousands of followers, you know, thousands of friends on Facebook before I got off and Twitter, et cetera. And quite frankly, in that moment, I had never felt more lonely. I had all these digital friends, but the investments that I needed to make in real life to ensure that you know, I could really have a foundation that I could stand on in a moment of tragedy. I didn't have that in the way that I needed it in that moment. And so, you know, I became very passionate about connection, human connection, and at the same time, what social media was doing to the concept of connection and how it was diminishing the importance in, in the investment of connection. And so, went to Star Squad, which is a tech app that, you know, we describe as your 
close friends hangout. So it's audio only. You can have only 12 people in your squad, but it's a place every day where you go deep with a handful of people and it's easy. It's fun and it's easy and it's engaging. It doesn't take up too much time. And so, you know, the experience that we're creating is one that is bringing people joy as a contrast to social media and our users love it. So that, that just brings joy to my heart. You know, when I think about what I'm trying to create and the huge impact that I'm trying to have. Wow. Hey, lady, I know you want to get back into this juicy, impactful conversation with Isa Watson, but first I have to ask you a question. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Well, as a licensed psychologist who has her own therapist, I know the strength that it takes to decide to start your therapy journey and how frustrating it is when you can't find a good therapist match. And that's where better help comes in. They will assess your needs and match you with a licensed therapist that you can begin communicating with in under 48 hours. This is a confidential and convenient online experience where you can connect with your therapist via message, phone, or video. Start your therapy journey today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com cultivating. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash cultivating. Thank you so much for sharing your story and giving us this insight into what led to the development of this, this app and letting us in on the real life things that happen that serve as the tragedies that happen for us, that serve as the catalyst for major changes and major turning points in our life. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for giving me the space to do it. And so I want to, I want to come back, rewind just a little bit Mm -hmm. as you were In this space, you just lost your dad and almost lost your mom. Mm -hmm. And you're in this space of all of these, like you said, digital friends who aren't showing up for you in this moment of need. What was the like the determination of, okay, these are the people that are going to be in my squad now, like as you're like. I need to reflect on who are my friends. How did you make that determination, particularly at a time when you're already dealing with a lot of emotions? I think it came down to a few things. First of all, I am very vocal about the fact that I think that this world is deprived of empathy. We oftentimes do not allow you know, ourselves to step into someone's shoes and, and just try to feel what they're feeling. And I'm not going to tell you that I was the easiest person to be your friend too, because I wasn't. Like I, w- I wouldn't return phone calls the way that I used to. I wouldn't return text messages. But sometimes I was in such a zombie mode. I didn't even really see it. I didn't even process it. And so, you know, one of the things that I noticed is that when I did go through you know, that very, very tragic experience that I wish on no one on the planet. You know, there were a handful of people who I thought were my friends who were kind of like mean to me or very impatient with the fact that 
I wasn't super responsive. And, you know, I, just because I didn't call you back for like a week, isn't a personal attack on you. I'm just going through my own, you know, space and my own things. And I turned internal quite a bit, you know, because I was just trying to process things and just hold it together. What I didn't let people in on was the fact that my mom's brain injuries at the time were so bad that simple things like where her bank account was or who had her electricity bill, who her electric provider was, she didn't know those things. So I'm sitting here trying to put my mom's life together, trying to mourn my dad, trying to keep stuff up at work. And so I just didn't have a lot of energy. And so when you think about, you know, when you ask the question about who was in my squad, my squad, it became very clear. It was the people who were just empathetic to me. It was the people who had the patience with me. It was the people who said, hey, Isa, I know you're going through things. I just want to let you know that I'm here. You don't have to respond, but I'm here. And I can't imagine what you're feeling, but whatever you need, let me know. And like, sometimes they would say that two or three times in a row. And then finally I would respond. Right. So, you know, there, like I said, on the contrast, people who were like, oh, well, you know, you must be like, you know, whatever you, I'm trying to reach out. You're not like really accepting this. So like, you know, whatever I'm trying to be a good friend. And I was like, whoa, 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 chill, chill. I cannot, I cannot absorb this energy right now. And so you know, dialing it back up, you know, one thing I've realized through lots of therapy and, and, you know, everything, all my life experiences is that empathy is so important to me. Empathy, vulnerability, and just patience is really important in friendships. And so that was how it became very apparent who was part of my longer term squad. And, and there, you know, there, I wouldn't say I have beef with anybody, but there were definitely people that I parted ways with who I said, you know what, not my, you know, this was a, a seasonal friend, like, you know, the seasons don't change. So (laughs) that's so powerful. And I think how people show up for you in those moments where, you know, you may not have anything to offer to them outside of just like, Hey, I saw your text. Like, thank you. I think that that speaks volume. So thank you for sharing that. So not taking things personally is super key and also developing that empathy. I want to ask a few other questions, but I said, I have to know, like, how did you overcome, like, how did you move through that situation? Because that is absolutely devastating. I can imagine experiencing something like that with both your parents at one time. That's just like mind boggling. What did you do to, to move through that situation? I think it was a few things. One was that, you know, I latched on very strongly to a few people who ended up being my back boat at the time. And I knew I could call them whenever, whatever. And actually one of those people ended up being my ex-boyfriend's mom. You know, it was my ex-boyfriend at the time, but she prayed for me every day and she just became this like soother for me. You know what I'm saying? And so I think, you know, what I did, you know, as I know a lot of black women can relate to this, but you know, I love that that shirt. It's like, you know, F it. I'll do it, you know, sign black woman, you know, because we're just so used to taking on so much and being the backbone of everybody else except ourselves. And in that moment, I had to learn to allow myself to lean on other people. And that was where I that was the moment where I developed that muscle. When I when I learned how to do that, I actually started to get poured into in a way that I didn't even know was possible. Because I was so busy being strong, fighting through everything year after year. It seems like from the time I was five years old, I was like, bam, 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 you know, next thing, next thing, achievement unlocked. And then I was, I had to be supported. 
you know, I was putting all this energy out there, all this support out there, but I would never allow people to support me. And so I think that was the significant thing, the significant muscle that I built in that moment that allowed me to, to get through that. Thank you for sharing. And so you have put in a lot of work, it sounds like, to kind of cultivate your own squad, mm-hmm. right? And so in addition to empathy and people just showing up, right? What are some of the other things, other qualities that you need for those who want to be in your squad? There's a, a few things. and I, I would say that I tend to fear on the simpler side of things. And I know this sounds silly, but like everyone in my friend group, like my closest five friends, the girls who would be my bridesmaids if I had a wedding, these we can let our hair down and have fun. We are all stressed, you know, from being a professor at Harvard or a professor at Penn or, you know, like a, a Michelle Obama team, whatever the case is, like we are all stressed in our day to, in our day-to-day lives, but we, 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 we have the ability to just let our hair down, kick our feet up and say, you know what, girl, let's just sit down and have a glass of wine and talk about nothing. You know, let's talk about the stars, like, uh, like in the sky. And then, you know, quite frankly, the ability for us to encourage others, like each other to do that. Right. I had a conversation with one of my best friends today and I was like, I think you should like let it go and just like, let's just have a glass of champagne tonight. There was a lot to celebrate, you know, because she, she's a person who like, she has a 90% of crazy awesome things happen in one day and then 10% of like bad things. And I got to bring her back to the 90%, you know, just to remind her. Right. And so is, I think, you know, the ability to fill in for other and other people's weaknesses, just to remind them that, you know, girl, you got this and every, like our weaknesses are triggered by so many different things. And so, you know, one of my friends tells me, she's like, you have the ability to love people and express your love and the love language that they receive. And I think that when you're looking at, you know, how I support you, Dr. Dom is not going to be exactly how I support you, Terry. And so like, you know, I, I just, I think that it's really important to kind of understand, you know, bi-directionally what each other needs. And I mean, I just, like I said, life is short. You know, I'm I'm more of a like I'm not trying to retire at 65. I'd rather retire at 40. You know, I'm trying to like let my hair down and have fun and be on Mauritius Island, like chilling. So, you know, it's really important to just like let your hair down. Have fun. And one of my closest mentors was the one who really, really like pushed me on that. And I've just been so committed to my joy in that way. And so those are those are like a few things I would say. Like being with someone who can actually just say, like, I know what you need, you know. And, you know, you do the same for them and people who just don't take life too seriously because there's a lot of joy to be had. And the older you get, the more you realize <laughs> this, this don't go on forever. I love to hear a black woman say that because like you said, we do so much. So it's time to yeah. let our hair down. OK, now you may not say this, Isa, but you're a big deal. Clearly. I mean, every we, we know everyone listening, like you're 
Okay. And we also cuss on this podcast. If you feel inclined, you can feel free to do so. But I want to let you know you're a big deal. And I have to know, right? Like so many black women, when you, when they think about the goals and the dreams that they have, like from the outside looking in, like you are goals to them. I mean, all that you've achieved. I think about your bio. We didn't even read the full bio, but I mean, the bio, what you've shared. I mean, you are, you are that person. So I have two questions for you. I love to know how does it feel to be on the other side of some of those big dreams and goals? Like many people are trying to climb that mountain. They're trying to get there, but being there, I know you have more dreams and goals and more living to do, but for so many people, like you are that now. So how does it feel to be on the other side? And then what's something that people may not know about being in your shoes, like being a black woman that has so many accomplishments, so much influence. So that's a two-parter. I can ask it again if you forget, but I'd love to know. The first question that you asked around what does it feel like to be quote unquote on the other side of, you know, some of these goals, I'll be very honest with you. Like, you know, and I keep it real straight. Like I don't bullshit anybody. Like that's not my style. I struggle with that. You know, I, my, my therapist tells me all the time, she says, Isa, when you set a goal, once you've achieved it, you've moved the line in the sand. So you don't take the time to sit and celebrate. And this whole notion of learning how to celebrate myself and my milestones and understanding that, you know, I can, my, my therapist always tells me it's an and not a or like, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm here today. And I want to get further, not, you know, I'm here today. And then since I'm not there, does it mean that I haven't achieved anything? And so I think that what I've been trying to do is power through my own discomfort of not, you know, celebrating my milestones, you know, as far as like, you know, being a quote unquote big deal and things like that. I don't even think that, you know, and, you know, quite frankly, like, my goal is for people to interact with me, to experience me, to hear something that I said, and to think to themselves, oh, because of her, I can. And that's that little Black girl who was told she couldn't. That's that little Black boy. That's a little country white boy in the middle of Kansas. And so I, like, I get so much joy out of that right and so that's that's how i kind of lean into my quote unquote success is you know hearing and and discovering joy in these stories super quickly there was this black girl on twitter who dm me she was like i have been following you for a long time and because of you i applied to mit and then i went and visited and i loved it and i got in so i went and then i graduated and i was like wait what i was like yes sis like you know if i can like Yes, black girl, go to MIT. You do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and as far as, you know, your second question, remind me of it one more time. <laughs> so the second question was, what's something that people may not know being a woman of your stature that has your influence? That's just who you are. Like, what's something they wouldn't know about being on that side of the journey? Or I think that so often in black communities and underrepresented communities in general, there is this narrative preached about work hard and everything will come. Work hard. And I, but I think that oftentimes we've taken it too literally, meaning it's just like, just get the A in the class and get the 15, 30 on your SATs, go to Princeton and go to Harvard Med or whatever the case is and be a top surgeon. But the reality is that 
more than not, as a black person to ascend in this country, to ascend in, you know, places that we are minority, it requires sponsorship. Sponsorship from people who have the ability to pound the table on our behalf when we are not in the room. I always tell people the biggest decisions about your career are made when you're not in the room. So who's going to go and be your advocate? So I tell all these young, young folk, I'm saying, listen, do the work, but also build the relationships. And I don't mean you, that doesn't mean you got to go out and like go clubbing, you know, with the VP of whatever, but it means like, you know, when you, I used to go, <laughs> the reason I initially got so close to the executives at JP Morgan was because I was there at 7am with all the executives and no one was there, but me and the executives. So they were like, yo, what's up? Sit down, have a cup of coffee with me. And then it turned into like, oh, what are your thoughts on this? Then it turned into, oh, I'm going to give you this project. And I, you know, that, you know, and so that those things compound over time. Do not underinvest in the relationships. And, you know, as a black woman, as a black person, the, that sponsorship matters more than anything because no one's just going to like open the, fling the door open and be like, yo, girl, come in, come in, sis. Let me see what you're talking about. No, like those opportunities have to be created for us and we have to have advocates in the right places. So good. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is spot on. Yes. So let's come back to talking about your app, Squat, mm-hmm. right? So you have lived experience in cultivating a squad. Hopefully most of us know what that looks like, right? What has been the most surprising data point? that you have noticed since launching squad? First of all, I've been the app all day, every day, and I love it. I'm probably I'm definitely one of the one of the power users and like the top 10 percentile users. But, you know, just in a context perspective, you know, in the audio, you know, feature set, it's really, like I say, you can have up to 12 people in your squad. So that's double opt-in. Dr. Dom, I say, hey, you want to be in my squad? You say, yes, we're in each other's squad. So it's the only place really on the phone where you can actually cultivate your own group. That's not a static group. That's why you got all the lurkers sitting in these big WhatsApp group text messages and these big ass IMS. I'm like, ooh, I don't, I don't know how people are here, so I'm not going to say nothing. But your squad is literally your squad. So between asynchronous messaging, that's, hey, Dr. Jones, da-da-da. Hey, you know, Isaac, da-da-da. Or it's like fun and easy, you know, status updates throughout the day. And we recently launched Squad Line, which is our synchronous interactive live calling experience. So if I want to call you, I drag your face to the bottom of the screen. I have to put in up to 30 characters of what the fuck I want to talk to you about. Like, you know, this whole concept of like calling people out the blue millennials, we don't like that too much. And Gen Z's are even worse. So it's like, Oh my God, Dr. Dom, like, I got to tell you what happened at the bar last night or whatever the case is, right? And then during the call, you have these emoji interactions. So you say something funny, I respond with the laughing emoji. You say something that's like dope, I respond with the hunted. And so my point is that it's a very like fun and interactive experience with your close friends. And one of the things that I think is you know really interesting from a metrics perspective is the fact that on average, apps in the social and gaming category, we have this metric in tech called D28 retention. So it's after 28 days of a user downloading an app and creating a profile, what percentage of the users are retained? The average D28 retention for apps in our category is 15%. 
So that means 15% of users, 15 out of 100 users that download it on day one will still be active in the app on day 28. We found that our users who download Squad and get only three out of 12 people in their squad, our D28 is upwards of 60%. So that's literally 4X the industry average. Wow. Yeah, it's like, it's crazy. I mean, like we worked hard to get that, but <laughs> but it tells me that like these people are really fine to enjoy. Like once they actually like and start to invest in their friendships, invest in those relationships and they, they, they have fun with it and they stay and it ends up being the place on their phone. Our users tell us where they, where that's where they access their friends. And that's the only place, the only app on their phone, they say they don't need to screen because when you got your iMessage, when you got your WhatsApp, you got your boss texting you, you got your ex-boyfriend texting you, you got your grandma texting you and your like dogs that are texting you all in the same, like, five text messages like you know and so but having that one place where you're like i don't have to screen because it's it's the people i want to chat with it's people i want to like you know hang with i think this the retention metric is just such a powerful metric because it's pretty much these days what all social apps struggle with that is amazing congratulations to you and the team on that that is something to celebrate now you're so welcome Isa, you've been so inspiring so far, and we just want to take a moment to shift up the energy just a little bit, and we're okay. going to enjoy this this shift, okay? So because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be bougie, classy, yeah. and ratchet, okay? You can still be elegant and dance to strip club music. We want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. So do you take on the challenge? I take on a challenge. In fact, my friends call me Sephistra Ratchet. So, oh, so this oh. is this is your segment right here. You are she already ready, y'all. She ready. Okay, okay. So now that you've agreed, we're going to tell you what to expect. So we are going to share three questions. Okay. We're going to share three sentence completions, and then we're going to have you choose a number one, two, or three. And we want you to choose a photo that we have on the big screen of you on social media and give us more context behind the photo. Okay. So, Dr. Don, you want to take it off? All right. So what is the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? I would say it has to be, it's, it's applicable to me now, but rest is not laziness. I think that so often I used to equate like just resting and recharging to like, oh, they think I'm lazy. No, rest is investing in you. Yes, I like that. <laughs> we need that on a t-shirt. I love that. Okay. <laughs> now, Isa, we have four words for you. Twerk or two-step? Twerk. Always. Yeah. There was no thought at all, y'all. She just said. She just That's knew. A, we love okay. to see it. We love to see yes. it. Come on. Come on now. Yes. <laughs> all right. So, Isa, what is the sexiest item that you own? I would say there's this blouse looking thing that I had that, you know, if you're like talking to me right here, you're like, oh, okay. But it kind of stops right under my boob where it's like under boob midriff. And I, I wore it out to like Dumbo House one time and I was like, oh, that's cute, you know? So it's one of those things where it's like, oh, like at the top, wait a second, like where's the rest of it? So I, I, I like to like switch it up and, you know, give people the unexpected. 
a little element of surprise. Okay, we love that. We love that. Now, what is one question or topic you wish people asked you about more often? What I care about in the world. You know, people are so focused on, oh my God, how'd you get to this school? Or how'd you do this thing? And, you know, or they want to like kind of broker a very cerebral connection. But there's so many things that I like, I care about. I think education is so important. I think teachers are so unappreciated. I care so much about criminal justice reform, so much about immigration. You know, I come from a family of immigrants. There's so much I want to do. I don't have the time to do everything I want to do, but I love talking about that stuff. And it's not at all related to anything that I do. But I I almost wish people cared about what I cared about (laughs) as opposed to just about what I what I do. Well, since (laughs) you put it out there, what is the one thing that you wish people talked about regarding immigration? You know, there's a lot of policy oriented issues with immigration that is really hard for us to like really do anything meaningful about. Right. You know, I'm I'm not Biden. I'm not Congress, et cetera. But as far as, you know, certain cultural things, I think that Americans can oftentimes not come across as inclusive as I think that we actually want to be, you know, as it pertains to bringing people in. Like my team is a hot pot. I mean, my team is like the United Nations. And one thing that people on my team say to me is why they're like, this is the one place I work where I feel like I'm literally able to show up as myself. I have my accent or I like my food or I had one of my engineers is from Beijing. And after eating his lunch, he naps at his desk for like 30 minutes every day. And I'm like, that's cool. That's what he does, right? And so I think that, you know, there's a lot of cultural nuances. And I I think that it's really powerful when people don't feel like they have to assimilate, when they feel like they can just, they can still be themselves and be included, right? I think we can be, we can celebrate our differences as opposed to saying, hey, I have to sound like this door to fit in. No, you don't. And so I just, I, I really want, you know, a, people from all different cultures or all different walks of life, quite frankly, to feel empowered to show up as their authentic selves and not feel like they have to fit this one American corporate mold. So good to hear that. We definitely need more founders and CEOs like you. And Isa, we got so excited that we asked two additional questions instead of making the <laughs> sentence completion. So we're going to do one last sentence completion. And this will be what I love most about myself is my heart and my loyalty. Like people will tell you that I have always had such a big heart, you know, and I'm I'm all about how do we leverage our own privileges to empower and bring up others. I'm, I'm, I've been five, eight since I was 12 years old. So I was, I was taller than everybody. And the kids who were oftentimes smaller, who got bullied a lot, I would be like, yo, walk with me to class because they're not going to fuck with you if you walk with me, you know? And, or, you know, even now, you know, let's say for instance, like I said, celebrate the differences and just acknowledge them. It doesn't have to be a stereotype. A lot of Asian women like come to me to seek mentorship and they're like, you know, I feel like people are talking over me or did it, you know, whatever. And I, I, people don't talk over me. So I create space at the table for people who get talked over. I'm like, no, 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 uh, <laughs> sis was talking 
and that like we're gonna let her talk and finish her thought. And so I, I think that for me, I'm I've, I have such a protective heart. I'm very loyal to my people. So I think that yeah, that's something I, I love about me. And I don't I don't know. I just I I have a lot of love, and you know I just I, I try to act and walk in love every day. That's so beautiful. I know. Like, oh, hugs. <laughs> now, as we have, right, group hug, mm-hmm. we have some pictures pulled up for you for social media, okay? So what we want you to do is choose a number, one to three. The choice is yours. And we're going to show you the pictures so you can provide more context. They're fun photos, too. Well, I always choose three because three squatties is that good retention number. Oh, this is a badass picture. This is one of my favorites. Okay, we're going to show it to you, but first, we're going to have some people only listening to the audio. So describe the photo and then give us more context. This is such, this is one of my favorites, y'all. Look at this. Look at this. Bad bitch energy, okay? <laughs> what? Tell us, tell them about the photo and then let's, come on, come on. <laughs> so this is a photo where I'm taking, yeah, I'm doing a photo shoot trying to actually get more shots, like more business shots. But I have on this white blazer with this kind of semi-see-through slash midriff showing <laughs> top with long black pants and some heels. And uh, it looks like I'm dancing. It looks like I'm doing a two-step actually. It does. Yeah. <sighs> Now, is, is there anything about this photo, about the day, about before you took the photo? Anything, any more context that we wouldn't know just by looking at the photo? Yeah, what you wouldn't know by looking at this photo is that I was so stiff showing up to that photo shoot. And I was like trying to, I was like, oh my God, how do I get stiff? And so I just started like dancing. I was like, yes. and she caught that. That's what that was. That was wow. Yeah, that was me trying to like. I was like, ah, and I was like, hey, yes. yes. I was thinking to myself, okay. She, she called it. This is so, that is so epic. I love, and the caption says loading 2022 boss lady vibes. That photo is so bad. I love it. I'm so glad you chose that photo. I said, we just want to thank you so much for what you're doing in the world first, what you represent for having this conversation with us. We appreciate you. We value you. We see you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. This was fun. This was fun. Yay! Glad you enjoyed it. Now, all of our listeners, they've listened to this dope conversation. They felt your energy. They were like, all right, we we wanna see, we wanna see that bad boss photo. Like, <laughs> we wanna see, we wanna connect. Mm-hmm. So tell our listeners where they can find you. So they can find the easiest places to go to my website, Isa Watson, I-S-A-W-A-T-S-O-N.com. And at the bottom, all my socials are there. So you have my Instagram, my TikTok, my Twitter, et cetera. So IsaWatson.com. And for a squad, it's just with your, W-I-T-H, your, uh, Y-O-U-R, squad.com. And that's another place where they can, you know, see what we're up to and what we're doing. So isawatson.com, I-S-A, and then withyoursquad.com. All right, ladies, you got it. You know where to find her, so tap on in. Hey, lady, it's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note 
that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. What's meant for me will never miss me. I don't have to chase.